We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Top Dogs Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Doster, and we need to dive into UConn's 77-64 to win over St. John's, which was technically a road game in Madison Square Garden, uh, but looked like it was about 60-40 split in terms of UConn fans and St. John's fans in the building. It was a terrific atmosphere. I'm going to talk about why that's important here in a second, but... Uh, we also got to get into Klingon's foul trouble. We got to get into no caravan. We got to get into Camp Spencer. We got to get into the Steph Castle resurgence. And we got to get into a take that I have about Dan Hurley potentially being the best coach in college basketball right now. Is that something that's too crazy? Am I too biased to say that? I don't know. Maybe. Um, before we do, if you do enjoy this content, if you do enjoy this podcast, uh, please rate, review, subscribe, like, share, do all of those things that you know will make me happy as a podcaster, the best way to be able to support this show is to simply engage with me on the platforms that you listen to it on. So um, I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you hanging out with me here for probably about the next 30 minutes uh, as we dive into UConn, who remains the number one team in college basketball with a 20 to uh, 20 and two record. And now um, a full two games in front of Marquette in first place in the Big East. UConn's got a pair of winnable ones this week before they head on the road next Saturday to take on Marquette in the start of a very, very, very difficult closing stretch to the college basketball season for the Huskies. So uh, we talked a little bit about that week. I'm not going to dive too much into it today. We all know what's coming. Um, we all know how difficult UConn did during their Toughest part of the schedule last season when they lost six out of eight. Uh, and three of those four were, or three of those six were on the road um, at the three best teams in uh, the Big East last season. And to close out the season this year, they got to go on the road to Providence, on the road to Creighton, and get both games against Marquette. So it's not going to get easier for UConn as they head towards the stretch of the Big East season. Um, I want to talk about the, the environment at St. John's and the battle between Rick Pitino and Dan Hurley and all that good stuff. Uh, and and this is probably the last time that you will hear me say this on Top's Dogs, but um, I understand Rick Pitino's side of this. I understand why he would want to move UConn away from Madison Square Garden. I understand why he wants that at Carnesecca or at UBS Arena or anywhere else that he can play that game. Um, 
UConn is and probably will be for the foreseeable future, uh, one of, if not the best teams in the Big East. And if you are St. John's and you want to, and you are Rick Pitino and you want to be able to have a chance to win the Big East regular season title, you got to do things like go out and beat this UConn team um, at home. If you want to be able to have a chance to win the Big East, it's just that simple. You have to be able to beat UConn at home. You have to be able to win that game. And when you are playing it at Madison Square Garden, uh, you are not going to be able to have the advantage that you normally would. Like the home court advantage there is going to be different for St. John's and it will be for Marquette playing UConn at home, for Seton Hall playing UConn at home, for Butler playing UConn at home, for UConn playing literally anybody else in the conference in Hartford or in Gamble Pavilion. So I understand Rick Pitino's frustration with that. And honestly, like he has a very valid point for why he would want to move it. If you're the Big East, if you're Fox, if you are just a college basketball fan at large, you should not want that game to get moved at all uh, for a couple of different reasons, not the least of which is the fact that uh, it brings up a level of drama that people pay attention to. It, it has created this mini rivalry, and I don't even think that's many. it's all that many for anybody that saw the handshake between Hurley and Patino, uh, handshake between Hurley and Patino before the game. Uh, it was something that amounted to a blow-by, and it did not seem like Either guy wanted to be too nice to each other. So having that level of tension and that level of dislike is something that is good for the conference overall, and it creates another national storyline in the Big East that people are going to pay attention to. And you get an unbelievable environment, right? Like part of what makes that game so much fun is that, uh, and part of what makes the Garden the best place to have a neutral site non-conference college basketball game is that there is no better place to watch a sporting event than Madison Square Garden when you have a building that is full of 50% of one fan's teams and 50% of another fan's teams. And that is what happens when you have UConn playing at uh, playing at the Garden against St. John's. And it just it's fun, it's loud, it's a building that seemed like it was a ridiculous atmosphere on television. Uh, it was one that in the building uh, there were fans going back and forth and chirping each other, and it was loud, and it was everything that you want out of a college basketball environment. And I understand why St. John's would sit here and say, we are aggrieved because we should not be sacrificing home environments for the betterment of the Big East. And I also understand why people around the Big East, and especially UConn, would be like, hey, you know what? We want to make sure that we are playing in that kind of environment because it's fun. And oh, by the way, it also does help us a little bit because playing in Karnasek Arena it's probably a little bit more difficult, uh, especially when you are a team that relies on defense and energy and, and, and enthusiasm the way that St. John's does. So I get both sides of it, um, but I think that what that environment has created is something that is fun for the sport, that is fun for college basketball, and uh, as long as you are not a St. John's fan, it's probably something that you really, really do enjoy. So uh, I would not be. I, I do not think it's going to change. I do not think they're going to move that game. I do not think it's something where. Um, Rick Pitino will end up winning that battle, but uh, we will see. Um, that is uh, something that is to be determined. Um, all right, let's get into what happened in the game itself. Uh, UConn did not have Alex Carabin. He's still dealing with the ankle thing. It does not sound like it's something that is like super serious as much as it is something where uh, it's more like of a pain management kind of an issue, but we'll see what ends up happening with him um, moving forward. Again, there's a, a little bit of a, a, a buffer here, a three-game buffer now where uh, UConn should feel like they probably can win the next couple of games, although Butler has proven to be someone that is dangerous on the road. They've beaten Creighton at Creighton and they've beaten Marquette at Marquette, but uh, that's a game that UConn should be able to find a way to win with or without Alex Caravan on the floor. So uh, don't rush it. 
Let him get back healthy. Let him get back to where he's 100% because you're going to need him a lot more against teams like Marquette on the road than you will uh, against a team like DePaul or Georgetown on the road. So um, nice win, really good win. Uh, I want to start with this because I thought the most interesting part about this was that um, especially with with the UConn starting lineup, offensively they moved Cam Spencer to the four spot. Uh, I guess it's technically the four spot. It was into the – the Alex Caravan role, essentially. But like you saw him setting a lot of ball screens and 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 running a lot of ghost screens and um kind of playing the same part in the offense that Alex Caravan does uh when Hassan Diara was on the floor with him. And you basically had the four guard lineup with Steph at the four, um, Tristan Newton, Cam Spencer, and Hassan Diara out there. So I thought that was really interesting and it was something where it was really effective because in my mind, Spencer's probably the best decision maker on the roster. Um, and given his shooting ability, he's the guy that can manipulate defenses the best. Uh, you know, you could put Steph Castle in that role, but no one's going to run out to him. And it kind of eliminates the danger that comes with running him off of flare screens or using him as a ghost screener or having him be a guy that runs off a curl because, you know, defenses just aren't going to guard him right now. And we'll talk about Steph in a second. Cause I, I got some numbers here that make it really interesting. And, and uh, I think it's deserving of a conversation, but um there were nine possessions in this game where Cam Spencer was somehow involved in the screen, whether he was the screener, whether he was slipping a screen, whether he was ghosting a screen, or whether he was the ball handler in the screen. Um, out of those nine possessions, UConn scored 18 points. That is two points per possession. That is a ridiculous number. I and mean, it's a small sample size, but it's a ridiculous number. As my buddy uh, at the Athletics, CJ Moore, puts it, UConn's offense feasts on indecision. And because of the way that they move and because of how many screens they set and because of how much rotation you get and how much uh, false motion there is before the action that they're looking for, any mistake that you make defensively is something that is going to get taken advantage of when you have guys that really understand what they're doing offensively. And Cam Spencer is the king of that. Um, He is so good at exploiting the indecision that a defense makes. And um, I thought that sliding him over to the caravan role was the smart way to do it. I thought it worked really, really well. When Jalen Stewart was on the floor, he was a little bit more of a uh, of back to the guard spot, and, and it was a little bit more of a normal rotation. But I thought that was an interesting tweak with DR in the starting lineup. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th, and running through Monday, February 12th, the morning after Super Bowl 58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. 
When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops, odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Field 158. Big news, guys. I am thrilled to announce that we have partnered with Autograph a company founded by the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to the best college hoops content, fan contests, and exclusive rewards like discounted tickets, all for doing the things that diehard fans like you already do, following your favorite team in the news and listening to podcasts just like this one. When Tom, and yes, I am calling him Tom, we're on a first-name basis these days, co-founded Autograph, he had one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. It works like this. You get all of your college hoops content you want in one place. You get articles from your favorite writers, pods from your favorite hosts, contests from your favorite creators, all on the feeds and the sites that you already enjoy. But instead of having to go to all these different places, it all comes to you in one spot, the autograph fandom map. But here's the best part. The more content that you consume, the higher you rank in the app. As you consider the level up in status on the app, you can unlock unique rewards curated exclusively for you. So download the free autograph app in the app store and use the referral code F68, that's F68, or tap in at the link in the description below or in the podcast app of your choosing to start earning points for doing something as normal as listening to this very podcast. It really is that simple. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, the R's kind of come back to earth a little bit after that really that that scorching hot stretch that he had earlier in the year. But uh, his where he kind of made the impact was as the floor spacer and the guy that did stuff in transition. And that's kind of transitioned into the role that Steph Castle has stepped into. So, again, we'll talk about that in a second here when I talk about Steph later. But uh, I do think that DR is still the guy that he's always been. You know, he just hasn't been needed as much in, in recent weeks, especially with clinging back. So. Um, I think that the other part of it is that really stood out to me was how well UConn handled, especially in the second half, all the changing defenses that, that Rick Pitino throws at you and all the different looks that he throws at you. You know, I've, I've talked about this quite a bit on this pod before and on after dark before and, and on, um, on, on hot ball spaces before, uh, but what makes that St. John's defense so difficult to deal with is that, they they have like nine different things that they can do and nine different ways that they want to play. Sometimes it's straight man. Sometimes it is a matchup zone. Sometimes it is man to man that falls back into a matchup zone. Sometimes it's a matchup zone where when the clock hits ten seconds they go to man to man. Sometimes they're zoning up on one side of the floor and playing man on the other side of the floor. Sometimes they're switching that up. Sometimes um, what you're getting is just a straight up regular two, three zone. And they're not even matching out of it. You know, it just, there are so many different looks that they give you. And the thing that complicates it all is that they run this like two, two, one press that is designed to make it so that you get over half court with like 22 or 21 seconds left on the clock. They're not so much worried about forcing turnovers there as much as they are trying to get you into your offense uh, with, without all that much time left. Um, and that's particularly worrisome when you are a team like UConn, where a lot of what you get in the half court comes out of pretty elaborate and intricate set designs and play designs and play calls. Um, and I thought that UConn's ability in the second half to really figure out what St. John's was doing and be able to read and react to that defense was um, was impressive. And it was it, it's a testament to the preparation for this UConn team. It's a testament to uh, the coaching that Dan Hurley provides. It's a testament to um, the the scout that was put together and the scouting report. You know, they, from, from what I was told is that UConn put a massive emphasis on, uh, on not just preparing for what the defense would be, but being able to read what you are looking at when it comes to the, the, the defense that they're running and learning and knowing how to react to that and, and what is the proper play to make. And uh, coming off of a short week, the the Providence game was the late tip on FS1 on Wednesday night, which means you kind of had Thursday and Friday uh, as your recovery days slash get prepared for St. John's days. Um, and then you got the noon tip on the road in Madison Square Garden. It just it, It's a very quick turnaround and – uh, being able to prepare your team to deal with with St. John's in that spot is not an easy thing to do. There's a reason why sharp betters were on the St. John's side in this game, and there's also a reason why those sharp betters ended up uh, taking a loss in this game. The line closed at three and a half, which kind of tells you everything you need to know. Um, I do think that the last thing I'll note about UConn offensively is that it, it, it's been impressive 
especially yesterday, to see them be able to navigate. You know, they shoot a high percentage from three, but it's all coming from like the main guys. There are usually two or three players on the floor that are not a threat from beyond the arc. And in, uh, in, in Hassan Diara and Steph Castle and Donovan Klingon and Samson Johnson and even Solo Ball, which we'll get to, he hasn't been really shooting the ball that well either. But um, the, the fact that that really hasn't limited what UConn wants to do offensively is something that um, has been really, really impressive to me. Right, like UConn is still the number three offense in off in, in efficiency according to Ken Palm, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are elite at finishing around the basket, uh, and that they are one of the best offensive rebounding teams in college basketball. But this is still a group that shoots thirty six percent from three on the season from beyond the arc, while taking more than forty percent of their field goal attempts uh, from three. This is still um, the best three point shooting team in the Big East, making thirty eight percent of their three pointers. And, and you look, Cam Spencer is. Uh, an absolute, um, an absolute elite shooter, right? And Tristan Newton has been good enough at, at knocking them down, and and we know what Alex Caravan has been of late. Once he kind of got his finger healthy and, and out of his early season slump, and even Hassan Diar is making threes, and now Steph Castle is making some threes, and um, it's it's allowed for space to be created where uh, you get Samson Johnson rolling to the rim, and you get some space for Donovan Klingon to roll to the rim, and you even get space for some of these drivers, man, like. Where Tristan Newton has done most of his damage this year has been, especially in Big East play, has been putting the ball on the floor and getting to the basket. You know, he hasn't been this fantastic three-point shooter in conference play. He's only shooting 30% from three on the season. That includes a game where he shot six for nine, which was a very nice performance uh, on the road at Kansas. So um, I don't think that that's something that we should be overlooking. Uh, On the defensive side of the ball, uh, I do think that, the impact that Klingon has is just incredible. And it's something where I don't know, uh, it's still not getting enough attention nationally. All right. So UConn, as of today, as of this very moment, as of this recording on Monday, February 5th at 119 in the PM Eastern Standard Time, the only legitimate time zone, um, UConn is 16th on Torvik, on barttorvik.com in defensive efficiency and 15th on Kempom in defense, uh, adjusted defensive efficiency. The day before the Seton Hall game, they were 11th in Kempom in adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, the day that Klingon returned to the lineup, they were 44th in adjusted defensive efficiency on Kempom. Um, that is a huge jump to make in like three weeks. That is a massive jump to make in three weeks. And the reason why they've been able to make that jump is, uh, according to Torvik, which allows you to be able to, um, to do these advanced analytics and these metrics breakdowns in a specific period of time. I talk about this all the time. That's it, it's Bart. Tor- People have asked me this. It's Bart Torvik.com. B A R T T O R V I K.com. I guess I just, I don't say it very clearly because I um, kind of gone through the assumption that uh, everybody knows um, what it is. So Bart Torvik.com. Since the Klingon got back, UConn is the second best defense in all of college basketball in that three-week period. Uh, without him in the lineup for the three, four weeks that he missed, they were 133rd in adjusted defensive efficiency. And before he got there, they were top 25. But they have gone to a different level since Klingon found a way to get back. And part of that is just a simple challenge that Hurley made to some of his perimeter defenders. Like, you guys got to be better. This ain't good enough. You're letting anybody get by you anytime they want to be able to get by you, right? And I think that that has carried over into the time when Klingon has been back in the lineup. And 
you know, we talked about this last week, but the ability of UConn to switch between playing the drop coverage that uh, Donovan Klingon thrives in and playing the hard hedging slash blitzing slash whatever you want to call it defense that they play when Samson Johnson is out there is a difficult thing to do, especially when your rotations are so crip. I, I'm going to do a, I'll do a breakdown of this at some point, probably after Wednesday's game on just how different those two ball screen defenses are and why you kind of so good in both of them. Um, but it is their ability to scramble and rotate and, and be the next guy defensively um, without getting out of position, without having two guys go to one man. It's just, it's so good. And it's, it's so well drilled. And it's something where you can see the emphasis they put on this stuff in practice. Like the practice I was in, um, back in October, they, this is the stuff that they were working on. This is the stuff that they were practicing. This is the stuff that they were making sure that they had a feel for and to see it pay off the way that it's been paying off since clinging got back has been really, really damn impressive. But, um, I, I do think that there is a conversation that needs to be had about whether or not Dan Hurley is the best coach in college basketball right now in this very moment. Um, he, when it comes to being able to prepare your team and being able to uh, prepare for what other teams are going to be doing offensively and being able to adjust to what other teams are doing and being able to find a way to work through different sets and different progressions and, and being able to call out the plays that you, you think are going to be able to work based on what another team is doing, like his game management, his ability to deal with having Steph Castle miss time and Donovan Klingon miss time. And now Alex Caravan miss time. And, um, it hasn't been uh, – they've hardly been the like the worst hit when it comes to injuries for UConn. There's other teams that have clearly had worse luck, but it's not like they've gone through the, the, the season unscathed. You know, and they're still – it feels like they've had one game that went perfectly for them in terms of health, in terms of foul trouble, in terms of everything, and that was the uh, blowout win over Xavier uh, last Sunday, eight days ago. And since then, it just hasn't been – you know, they, they, you know, I think Klingon's had played like, I think a total of what is it, 22 minutes in the last two games because of foul trouble. Like he just stop jumping at pump fakes, Donovan. Just stop jumping at pump fakes. You don't need to. You're seven foot three with a seven seven wingspan. Stay on your feet. You don't need to jump. You're going to be able to change your shot and block the shot without getting up in the air. Don't jump at pump fakes. Just wait. Wait till you see the ball get released and block the shot. Like your your best ability is your availability. Right, the thing that makes Don, uh, uh, Donovan, the thing, the thing that makes Ryan Kalkbrenner so damn good on the defensive end of the floor is he does not ever get into foul trouble. He doesn't do it. He doesn't have to go sit on the bench for 16 minutes at the end of the half because he got picked up two fouls early. Right? Stop jumping at pump fakes. <laughs> Stop doing it, man. Oh man, like I, I think that he'll get better, and and um, this might just be. Uh, a part of him having sat out for a while and wanted to get back in the mix, but like, you got to stop jumping at these pump fakes. Everyone's going to throw pump fakes at you. They know what's coming. The game plan of all of these teams is to get you out of the lineup. It's not a secret that UConn stunk defensively without you there. They're going to try to get you out. They're going to keep, they're going to keep throwing people at you. They're going to keep trying to get you in foul trouble. That's what the number one game plan is for all of these teams in the beast right now is get Donovan clinging off the floor because he jumps at pump fakes. You got to be ready for it. Stop doing it. Okay, I feel better now. I got that ran out. Um, but yeah, in terms of, of Hurley, I, I think that when you consider the totality of everything, 
the ability to get high-level recruits, the ability to identify players that are going to fit in the system, the ability to develop the players that are already within his program, um, the game planning, the preparation, the different looks that you get every single game, the fact that they are the reigning national champions, they lost three pros, and they are right back to being number one in the country. Like, I, I, how many people are better than him right now? And and I I understand that I have a biased point of view on this. I understand that I watch more UConn than everyone else, so it's hard for me to sit here and and say the same thing about like Bill Self. And there's plenty of adjustments, and I know all of the I I know how good he is, right? That that I, I what I know what I'm saying and the weight of what it's what what that carries. But I think there is a very good argument to make right now that Dan Hurley is the best coach in college basketball at this point. Not the most accomplished, mind you. There's those are two different things. But if you are looking for a guy to start your program today, I don't know how far down that list you go before you get to Dan Hurley. There is nothing in sports better than the heart of the college basketball season, which is why I need to tell you guys about our partners over at Rhythm. If you're into sports betting, you need a Rhythm, the place for data-backed props and picks. For those that are unfamiliar, Rhythm, spelled R-I-T-H-M-M, is the go-to mobile app for player props and game picks. Backed by AI predictive models, Rhythm helps you make smarter and faster betting decisions across all sports, but particularly college hoops, where there are as many as 150 games a day during conference play many of which have softer lines at BetMGM than you'll find in the NFL or the NBA. With Rhythm, you get data-backed picks for every Division I game every day. Users get free picks daily with the ability to upgrade to unlimited access. And for those of you already using modeling, you can build custom sports betting models within the Rhythm app itself. I am a Rhythm user, and I found that I've been a better better when I focus on lines where my gut and Rhythm's modeling are aligned. When I think UConn can cover on the road against Butler and Rhythm backs that up, we fire. But Rhythm also helps lead you to plays that you didn't know you needed to make. Like, for example, when the data says bet the over in UMass Lowell versus New Hampshire because you have a 61% edge on that line, you bet the over and you bink. So if you want to increase your edge and win more bets, go to the link in the description below and download Rhythm today. That's R-I-T-H-M-M, the place for data-backed props and picks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it's an interesting conversation to have when it comes to the bigger picture um, coaching community, right? Like if he's, if he's going to be able to continue doing this, like let's just call it what it is, right? Cam Spencer, Tristan Newton, 
Donovan Klingon and Steph Castle. You're probably losing those four guys this year and Asan DR as well. You're going to have to get back in the portal. You're going to need guys like Solo Ball and Jalen Stewart to develop. There's a chance Alex Caravan could be gone too. So, like, you could lose three pros from last year and six of your top eight from this year, right? So it's going to be a rebuild next season. It just That just is what it is. It's the world that we live in. It's college basketball in 2024. And it's not the first time that they've had to do something like this. Um, but it's it's something where uh, you need to be able to, to recognize just how good he's been the last couple of years. And if he keeps it at that level after the the what is likely to be quite a bit of turnover this offseason, then um, I think that that answer has been uh, kind of given to you already. So, you know, we'll see how that kind of ends up going. And, and uh, again, a lot of this, there is some – fortuitous recruiting developments, you know, not getting Nick Timberlake and having him pick Kansas over UConn is what allowed them to have room to be able to go out and get Cam Spencer when he put his name into the portal. But it's, uh, you got, you don't go very far down the list when you want to talk about the guys that you want coming into your program to be able to start running things. So um, I would love to hear if you have a difference of opinion, and I know a lot of UConn fans listen to this, but if you have a difference of opinion, I'd love to hear arguments against Dan Hurley being the number one guy in college basketball right now. Cause I don't even think I'm convinced of it myself, but um, it, it's hard. And I've been asked this a couple of times is why I'm bringing it up, but it's hard for me not to sit here and uh, think that way based off of, again, how, how much of this UConn team I end up watching. So um, I'm not saying definitively that it is. I want to have that discussion. And if you want to, you know, jump on my, my, my mentions, it's something that's very interesting when you think about it, all right, I got to get to Steph here because we got to mention Steph Castle. He's coming off of back-to-back career highs. He had 20 against Providence in a game where UConn absolutely needed him to be able to get going offensively, and then he had 21 uh, on Saturday at St. John's. Uh, was probably a little bit less necessary. You know, um, Cam Spencer had to go, and Tristan Newton played really well. But without Alex Caravan, they needed another source of offense. And Steph stepped up, he scored 21 points, hit a couple of threes, made some plays off the bounce, was terrific in transition, and was, you know, what he is defensively. Big, tough, physical, athletic, and uh, playing as a grown man, as a freshman at 19 years old. Um, the the shooting is something where, like, you can look at the box score and everyone knows. He scored 20, he scored 21, like, he's been getting buckets, it is what it is. Uh, the shooting is something where I think has a bigger impact and is a bigger conversation that we need to have. He was two for two from three against St. John's, including one uh, early in the first half. That was from about 25 feet that he shot with no hesitation and with loads of confidence that like he may or may not deserve to have when it comes to his shooting ability. Um, but he knocked it down. He stepped up and he knocked it down. Uh, he was two for four against Providence. Um, he made the only three that he took the game before that. In his last three games, he's five for seven from three. In his last six games, he's eight for 18 from three. Prior to the January 14th game against Xavier, um, he was two for 13 on the season, right? He had taken 13 threes on the entire season as of January 14th. In the last six games, he's taken 18 and made eight of them. Um, I think that that Xavier game at Xavier – was the first time that defenses really started doing to him what they did to Andre Jackson last year. I call it dorking, uh, as in dare the dork to shoot. That is a, you know an ode to Timmy Miles and the terminology that he used for that style of defense. But um, 
he had only made two threes as of January 14th, and he's made eight in the six games since then. But more importantly, he shot an average of three per game since then. He took five in a couple of these games. And uh, I have always made the argument that the most important thing for a guy that is a non-shooter is not whether or not those shots go in, right? Like in a in a small in a in a on a small scale, right? Whether or not every individual shot Steph makes goes in doesn't really matter. What's more important is that he is a good enough shooter that you cannot dork him. You cannot not guard him. And if he's going to make 44% of his threes when teams are not guarding him and daring him to shoot, then that's going to change the way that they play defensively. And if you change the way that they play defensively, all of a sudden you don't have that built-in tagger. You don't have that built-in help guy at the rim. You don't have somebody sitting there saying that Tristan Newton can't get all the way to the bucket because we got our help right there, saying that uh, you're not going to be able to throw this lob to Donovan Klingon here because we already have the help side there. We already have the guy in that spot, right? That's what you ran into with Andre Jackson last season is not guarding him took away any semblance of spacing that UConn had on their roster. And um, with the way that Steph is shooting it right now, that ends up not becoming an issue. Now, I don't think that he's going to shoot 44.4% from three for the rest of the season. I don't think that we're going to see many stretches where he makes five out of seven. Like it just is what it is. He's going to put in the work and he's going to become a better shooter, but he is not that level of shooter yet as of this moment um but on the season if you look at the numbers in totality he's 10 for 31 from three that's 32 percent from beyond the arc like that's about what he needs to be uh to be able to be a big enough threat that teams are going to um run him off the three-point line like make three and a half out of ten shoot 35 percent from three you do that on two to three attempts per game and defenses are going to have to start guarding you and it, as long as defenses are getting the, that extra man is getting pulled out of the paint, that's the difference. That's everything that matters. It's not the, the shots actually going in themselves. It is the space that gets created by the threat of the shot. And it's like that for everybody, man. Like what made what made Jordan Hawkins so good and so useful of a weapon is not just that he could sprint off of three different screens and get a shot off and like literally the blink of an eye and have it go in no matter what position his body was in beforehand. It was that when he ran off of those screens and when he sprinted around the floor, it changed the way that defenses move. There's a reason why they call it shooting gravity, right? Like you see guys take a step towards him when he's coming off of a screen because of the threat of that jump shot. And when you take a step towards someone, it creates an angle for somebody else to get to the lane or to get a seal or to get a back door or to get a lob or to get whatever. And having that gravity involved with Steph Castle, although to a lesser degree, is something that just changes the way that defenses that UConn play looks. And it, it, it makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. So um, very impressive win there. Uh, very impressive overall performance. I mean, if Steph is going to be this guy, it almost doesn't matter that you haven't really gotten anything from clinging in the last two games. So um, hopefully we can get Caravan healthy. Hopefully UConn can continue rolling. And if they win these next three, Butler at home, which again is like that. That's a dangerous one. It's. I hope people realize how dangerous that is. I hope that UConn, the players on that roster, realize how dangerous that is. But you get, uh, you get Butler at home, you get Georgetown on the road, and you get DePaul on the road, which is not something that they should necessarily have trouble with based on how those teams are playing right now. But uh, you will be looking at a situation where the Huskies are thirteen and one in the Big East 
with a two and potentially three game lead um, hosting Marquette on uh, Saturday, the 17th. And if you beat Marquette, you win these next four games. And that means that which are which are all winnable, right? They're gonna be UConn's gonna be favored in all of them. UConn playing Marquette at home is probably a game uh, that they should win. But um, you go out and you win that game, and all of a sudden you are in a situation uh, where you have a three-game lead over the field with five games left in the Big East regular season. So uh, you get Seton Hall at home, you get Villanova at home, and then UConn could lose at Creighton, at Marquette, and at Providence to still have a share of the Big East regular season title and still walk into the Big East tournament as the likely number one seed. And if they do that and they also pick off one of Creighton or Marquette or Providence on the road, then you are the outright Big East regular season champion. So that's why this win over St. John's was so important because you put yourself in a situation now where as of Valentine's Day, UConn is probably going to be 13-1 and in the conference. So it's going to be a fun running. It's going to be a fun rest of the season. It's going to be a fun run towards winning another national championship. And uh, we had this discussion on After Dark um, a couple nights ago, but there's there's no blueprint for how to beat this UConn team right now. There just there isn't. And uh, I think last year, once you got back into March and once they figured out what they were doing, Andre Jackson, there wasn't really a blueprint for it. You know, there's kind of a it's not easy to execute, but there is kind of a blueprint for what you can do against Purdue to be able to beat them. Right. Um, there's other teams out there where you can kind of say this is what you got to be able to do to beat them. Um, and I guess for UConn, it is you got to be able to switch everything one through four. Uh, you have to be able to um, to get Donovan Klingon into foul trouble, and you have to be able to have a bunch of guards that are able to get to the basket and exploit their their big uh, perimeter defenders. And that is what St. John's had, right? And that is what St. John's was able to do is to mix them up and confuse them offensively, and it didn't work. UConn won by 13. Uh, in Madison Square Garden. So um, that's all for today. Butler on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Butler's good, man. Butler's really, really good. Um, they got a bunch of guys that are really dangerous scorers. Uh, Pierre Brooks is a stud. Jamal Telfort is really, really impressive. Um, I do believe Posh Alexander is expected to be back, but that's one to kind of keep an eye on. He didn't play at Creighton. It didn't matter. They still put up 99 points on 75 possessions. DJ Davis has been good, so... Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Tough matchup, but it's the Big East. This is what you play for. So you get Butler at home, and it's it's a uh, it's very interesting to see what will end up happening here. But listen, this has been the Top Dogs podcast here on the Field of 68. Again, please rate, review, subscribe, like, share, do all of those things that you know will make me happy as a podcaster. And I'll probably see you guys again maybe Wednesday morning, maybe uh, later in the week. I haven't decided yet, but we'll have another one here soon. See ya. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.